0: Welcome to the 148th episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of the podcast, we will do our weekly division-by-division look at Major League Baseball. So let's jump right in with that look at Major League Baseball, starting as we always do in the American League East.
1: And before we start, I would like to mention we will be covering the NBA on Monday, but since that's the only thing we'll be talking about on Monday, we figured we might as well give it a day of its own now that we're... Later in the postseason, and now that there's less games, obviously, uh, in every series, and you know what, maybe we might even starting start talking about the NHL a little bit. We'll see, but I've been I've been following it enough that I feel like I can maybe talk about it now. But we'll see. We'll Love see to what happens. A
0: playoff hockey, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, All right, back to the American League. Yes, East. back to the American League East. Thank you. Uh, we have the best team in baseball in this division, the New York Yankees, twenty eight and ten uh, before their loss yesterday, I believe. Uh, They actually had won, I think, 17 of 19 or 18 of 19, actually, I think is the number. They had an 11-game winning streak, and then I think had a 7-game winning streak before that win streak. Uh, So, look, the Yankees are finally playing. Like, the Yankees have been, you know, supposed to be playing for what? I mean, I don't want to say five years, but it feels like it's been that long, and it might have been that long. I I feel like, honestly, yeah, since 2017, I mean, what, that was the year they lost the ALCS to the Astros when the Astros went and beat the Dodgers in the world series. So yeah, it has been five years since the Yankees have been supposed to be playing like this. Um, and you know, they've, they've reached that point. They've reached that level at, at some points, but they have not been able to sustain it for a whole year and in the playoffs. Uh, and it looks like this team is not sustaining it just for a year. I really feel like how well this team is playing. It is sustainable in the playoffs because they're, they're finally not injured for once. I mean, Judge finally played a full season, I think for the first time in his career, technically as an awards qualifier, I think, or as a stat qualifier for leaders in categories for the first time in his career last year. Uh, and this year, he also looks to be healthy and he's playing. Look, he turned down their contract extension offers. He, he wants to play his way into $300 million territory. And the only way he can do that is by staying available and by playing well. Two things which he has done extremely well to start the year. Uh, Definitely up there in terms of the way too early MVP conversation. Uh, But overall, you know, Garrett Cole is doing his thing. He's not exactly, I wouldn't say as dominant as we've always expected him to be, but I think his ERA is still below three. He's still pitching like an ace and he's exactly what you need uh, for a team like the Yankees that, you know, has that advantage of that stadium. I wonder if you take out the short porch if that ERA goes down a little bit too. So it's not even all his fault. That's about all you can expect. And then Nestor Cortez has an ERA of two uh, on the season, two. So, Nasty Nestor, as they're calling him, uh, he, he he's he's becoming a quick second option for the Yankees. And then they'll always have someone to anchor it down as long as they don't get injured again. I mean, Luis Severino has always been a good option for them. But, you know, struggled to stay healthy like pretty much all of their team. And, you know, Stanton's going to do what he does every year. He's going to hit the ball hard and occasionally, maybe up to 50 times a year, maybe even more possibly. It's going to leave the yard when he hits the ball that hard, and he will continue to just hit the ball as hard as possible. And if he lifts it, well, kiss it goodbye. Uh, but look, that's what their roster is built off of. Uh, they, you know, they, they didn't really uh, stun a lot of people by, you know, bringing in a huge name like Carlos Correa uh, in the offseason or anything. But the names they did bring in, Donaldson and Kiner Falefa, have actually been really important for them. Uh, under the radar, especially with Kiner Falefa, he has been a solid player for them this season obviously also not the typical yankee player he's not a big dude with with i mean for most of them no no speed and a lot of power he's really the opposite he doesn't really have that much power but he adds some speed and some depth to their lineup that they need in terms of just getting on base he's kind of a specialist in that as opposed to you know Gallo who's a big home run hitter Rizzo who's a power hitter Judge who's Judge has speed but he's more of a power hitter himself and obviously Stanton's the definition of a power hitter so the Yankees finally have some balance, and it's really paying dividends for them. Uh, but moving on to second place in this division, the Tampa Bay Rays are 23 and 15, five games back of the Yankees. Uh, they have a 605 winning percentage on the year, which puts them on pace for 98 wins this year, which is, uh, you know, I feel like it's a typical Ray season, just short of 100, maybe around 100. That's kind of where they're always sitting, and they would be in first place of the of the AL Central right now. Uh, they'd be barely in second in the West. It, it just so happens that they're in the division with the best team in baseball, so they're not going to... I mean, you're not going to be able to beat the best, because obviously they're the best team in all of baseball in terms of record right now, uh, but they're they're still, they're still definitely on track to at least make the playoffs, and I think they can still, you know, do what they've done in past seasons. Remember, they're only two years removed from a World Series appearance. Obviously, last year didn't go how they thought it would, losing to the Red Sox pretty early on, uh, but they still have the potential to be a good team in the playoffs too. So we'll just have to see what happens with them. But, you know, the Rays are just going to do what the Rays do. You're not going to know who's on their roster by the end of the year. They're going to bring up and pitch like, I don't know, 70 to 80 different pitchers or something like that by the end of the year. And then all of a sudden they're going to have 95, they're going to have 97, 100 wins, something like that. And they're going to be hosting a playoff series. And you're going to be like, where did that come from? But it happens every year. So uh, we're used to it at this point, but I will say, the Rays are doing what the Rays do best, which is just win games, and that—that's really all you can ask for. And by the way, that's even with some of their guys on the IL. I don't think Shane Baz is pitching a while. He's on the—he's on the 60-day IL, and that was really—he was one of those prospects that they were bringing up as a starting pitcher at the start of the year, uh, which was rare for them. Normally, they're bringing those guys up late in the season, like Shane McClanahan last season. Uh, but this year, they're finally deciding. Uh, well, they—they they have everybody up. I mean, they've traded guys away as they always do, but. You know the Rays have. You know they're just an interesting team. I don't know how to describe it. You just have to follow the Rays to know what's up with the Rays. But guess what? After after all the things they've done, after all the injuries, whatever, they're still they still have a winning record. They'd still they're still the top wild card team right now outside of the Angels. So they're going to get into the playoffs easily. But a team that's in peril of missing the playoffs possibly is the Toronto Blue Jays, twenty and eighteen on the season, eight games back of the Yankees. Uh, They're three and seven in their last ten, and so far, this team has the roster just has not clicked to the level that it should have, in my opinion. I I feel like this team was destined to be good, to be great, really, and that twenty and eighteen record just isn't good, and most of it is a pitching problem. Uh, They have they have decent run production, although when you start to look at the numbers more, their numbers don't actually look that good. They're actually they still have less run production than the Red Sox do, uh, but they're kind of in the middle in the middle of the pack in runs allowed. But I, I honestly think you look at the lineup they have; they're not going to stay that far down in offense. Where I'm worried about this team as a long term playoff contender and or not a playoff contender, but a championship contender is their pitching. I, I just think you look at the Yankees at the top of the division; they've allowed 115 runs. Uh, the Rays have allowed the same amount of the blue as the Blue Jays on the season. But the Blue Jays are much more healthy than the Rays, and they've already had... And their bullpen has just been really uh, p- pitching at a level that's, I think, honestly impossible to keep up. So when you factor those two things in, you really feel like their offense is due to get better and their defense is due to get a little bit worse. And combine those things, that's just not... That, it's just not a good formula for already being 20 and 18 at this point. Their offense definitely needs to get better and pick it up. Uh, but then you have the Red Sox... 16-22, 12 games back, they actually have a, d- a better run differential <laughs> than the Blue Jays do somehow, but 6-4 and four in their last 10. However, Trevor Story finally got it going. He had three home runs and seven RBIs last night, which is more than the one total that he had going into that game all of this season, uh, but he had his best night as a Red Sox so far. He increased his OPS by, I believe, over 100 points in one day, which is... Pretty hard to do, considering that we're already forty games in the, for them. They're thirty-eight games in the season. Uh, but overall, this is a good team. Uh, well, this is a good roster, but they haven't played that well so far. I think they can turn it around. They're going to be in the playoff race. I just don't know. I, I said this. I've said this plenty of times. I, I just don't know if the hole they dug themselves into already is going to be too big for them to dig themselves out of by the end of the season. It, it really this, this roster is just gonna have to stand the test of time. We're just gonna have to wait and see what happens with this roster. Uh, but finally, at the bottom of the division, although they were above some teams for a little bit, the Orioles, 15 and 24 at the bottom of the division, 13 and a half games back of the Yankees, three and seven in their last ten. If they don't bring up Adley Rutschman, uh, they're gonna stay in last place in this division. They 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 have great talent. It's just that they're best players are literally not on their major league roster. They are in AAA. Um, They are the definition of a team, well, maybe not a team, but management that just doesn't want to win right now. So uh, you're just, I mean, if you want to talk about the Orioles seriously, we're just going to have to wait until they start bringing those guys up, especially Adley Rutschman. Fun fact, uh, if you're talking about another bottom of the division team in the NL East, Juan Soto is younger than Adley Rutschman, and Adley Rutschman has yet to see MLB playing time. Meanwhile, Juan Soto was an MVP candidate last year and is already obviously in, what, his third or fourth season already and has already won a World Series. So, look, they they need to bring those guys up. The Orioles are obviously doing uh, some little service time manipulation, but that's a different story. Uh, They're just not very good, and they're not going to be good unless they actually commit to bringing up their real talent.
0: Uh, this division's interesting. I, I think the way it sits right now, it may stay this way the whole year. There's it could. There's not going to be much movement. Maybe between the Blue Jays and the Rays, I wouldn't be shocked if this is what the division looks like at the end of the year.
1: I, I feel like also the Blue... I mean, eight games back is not terrible. It's not that hard to overcome. But just the way that the Blue Jays' season has felt so far in comparison to the Yankees, it really has felt like the Yankees have been better than the Blue Jays all year. Dave, uh, I think they took both of the series they played, or maybe they split the first one and then took the second one. Uh, in terms of the Yankees for that series so I it, it just does not it, I agree I think I had the Blue Jays before the season but I think they can get above the Rays I don't know about staying above the Yankees
0: okay well let's move over to the central
1: well this division's interesting you still have the twins at the top of it uh, at 22 and 16 although still not even they would be third in the al East uh they would be a game back of the Rays
0: maybe a third in the West.
1: That's also true, but um, look, they they, they're a good team. Uh, I don't think that they're going to win this division because I think the White Sox have been playing better, and they finally. I've just been I've watched them enough recently to see things starting to click in the White Sox favor, and as long as they have guys who you know, I mean. He, he, the bad breaks even continue to to happen for them. Like they, I think Michael Kopek was scheduled is scheduled to start on Sunday, but he's also still on the paternity list. So like they, they've just had some weird things going on. Pollock had a hamstring injury in like the first game of the season. Uh, they've had Lance Lynn was supposed to be on the roster, obviously at the start of the season, still hasn't pitched a game. So when they get healthy, they're going to take the division from the Twins. Uh, honestly, with how injured they've been and how and how terrible they were at one point, I think they were eleven and sixteen at one point. Uh, I'm surprised that they're still three games back, the White Sox are, of the of the Twins. But, look, Twins have had their injuries, too. Uh, Correa has been out for a little bit, and I think Buxton might had a little bit of an injury, too, earlier. But I think, overall, look, Carlos Correa can continue to keep this team afloat, but Buxton is kind of an injury-prone player. I hate to say it, but he, he really is an injury-prone player, and if he can stay healthy... The Twins can absolutely win this division. I just don't have much faith in him staying healthy. And I also don't have that much faith in their rookie pitching and really just overall not what's not supposed to be an elite pitching staff pitching like an elite pitching staff. You know, you're not surprised to see with how much money and how much, how many prospects in in trades and how good their firm systems are. You're not surprised to see the Dodgers and the Giants and the Padres and the Cardinals have ridiculous pitching, but you are surprised to see it with the Twins, uh, especially after their big offseason acquisition was Carlos Correa, shortstop. And, and by the way, they also gave up uh, Michael Pineda. They let him walk. And then they also gave up Jose Barrios in that trade with the Blue Jays last year. So you just don't see how this team would be a good a uh, good pitching team. And Kenta is still injured. So look, I guess they can get better when Maeda comes back and maybe they might even trade for starting pitching. But right now I'm still picking the White Sox to win this division, even though they're at 19 and 19. They just need to score more, honestly. And, And their pitching has not been great, but that's to be expected with how injured they've been. Their bullpen's still good. Hendricks has been ironing out his struggles that he had early in the season. Their bullpen's actually, I'd argue, gotten better from at least the first half of last year. Obviously, when they had Craig Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks, that was a different story. But Uh, I I think from the start of last year, they've gotten better. And if they add an arm at the trade deadline, this probably becomes a top five bullpen in all of baseball if it isn't already. Uh, But then their offense has been getting better. They just need guys to be healthy. And really, they just haven't had anybody yet that's stayed healthy and played well. And all their stars haven't exactly played all the way up to the expectations and and where they could. Uh, They'll continue to get better and they will be in playoff position by the end of the season for sure. The Guardians, on the other hand, the third-place team in this division, currently at 16-19, I'm not so confident of. They have a great offense. Uh, They've been good all year in terms of getting runs. That's why you sign Jose Ramirez. Uh, And then, you know, they have Owen Miller and Stephen Kwan, who have kind of come out of nowhere to be really, really good players this year. But at the same time, I'm not so confident in them keeping it up. But for now, the Guardians sit at a respectable 16-19 uh, and I guess I say keeping it up. I, I actually do think they're going to stay around this record. Uh, they pro- they'll probably be one of those teams that ends up, you know, seventy five and eighty seven, some something in that range, Somewhere somewhere in between seventy and eighty wins. This team is not this team is not going to lose. This team not going to lose anywhere near hundred games. They're not going to lose ninety games. Uh, but I also don't really expect them to end with a winning record. And if they do, I don't think it's going to be enough to make the playoffs. I think the AL is loaded in terms of its depth. You look at the Rays, the Blue Jays, the Angels. Even the Twins leading the White Sox means that one of those teams has to miss the playoffs. I don't see the Guardians getting over those teams, and I didn't even mention the Astros. So, uh, and I was just, <laughs> i was really naming second-place teams. But you know, for Cleveland, it's still a good start to the season. Uh, Maybe enough to keep some fans at the stadium. Who knows? Uh, but then you had the Royals at 14 and 23, seven and a half games back of the Twins. Uh, not much to talk about there. I don't watch this team very much because, not gonna lie, I don't like to watch fourth-place teams uh, for very obvious reasons. Uh, and then the Tigers, who are 13-25 and 25, nine games back, they went on a four-game winning streak. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They're finally starting to clean it up. They need to get healthier, uh, but a lot of their pitching is stuck in the minors, doing rehab assignments on for injuries that they have, so that's kind of a long-term issue for them, but I think once they fix that, they might get better. I just think, at this point in the season, I don't like to bury teams this early, but it, it, it might be too late for them. I mean, we thought the Red Sox hole that they dug themselves in was big. This one's three games bigger.
0: Yeah, I think that the Twins are maybe going to be the team we thought they were last year. I think my view of them this year might be a little tainted.
1: Because of how bad they were last yeah, year after a 100-win last... season yeah. the year before. Yeah, yeah. Added... Or the, the last full season before, I should they say. They added
0: a top-tier player in Korea, so the Twins might... Uh, I, think that I agree with you, the White Sox will overtake the Twins eventually. But I think the Twins are going to be a playoff team.
1: I, I think that's possible especially when I'm looking at when I'm looking at what I'm seeing from the Red Sox so far I definitely think and the Tigers too I mean I thought that the Tigers would be the team to sneak into a playoff spot the Tigers and the Mariners frankly would be the team to sneak into a playoff spot if the other teams falter and really the Mariners and the Tigers both losing records and the Red Sox have already faltered so there there has to be some team to take their place uh, right now it looks like I mean, if you did the playoff picture now, if the playoffs started today, it would be Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, Twins, Astros, and Angels. So the Twins would make it, but obviously, if we're assuming the White Sox overtake them, Twins would have to be better than the Blue Jays, which actually, I guess they are. So they would overtake them in the wild card eventually. But it'll be interesting. I mean, we'll see what happens.
0: All right. Well, let's. Uh, you mentioned a few teams in the West a few times. Let's move over to the American League West.
1: In the AL West, we have the Astros in first place at twenty-five and fourteen. They've won, or sorry, they are seven and three in their last ten. Uh, They had an 11-game winning streak going until earlier this week, Uh, plus 46 run differential, but that's not as good as the second-place team, Uh, the Los Angeles Angels, who are 24-16, and and one-and-a-half games back, with a plus 48 run differential. They also look like they're going to be the first team in baseball, or sorry, the second team in baseball, the 200 runs. The Dodgers already at 203, but the Angels at 196. I don't believe there's another team above 190, and I think third place is is, uh yeah, it's the Giants at 189. So it looks like the Angels are going to be up there. It looks like, well, really, what it looks like is that LA is the city you want to come to if you want to watch some games with a lot of runs scored. Um, But look, both of these teams are really good to start the season, uh, although the Angels have lost three in a row. But overall, I'm liking what I'm seeing from both of them. I, I think both of these teams make the playoffs at this rate. Uh, The Angels just have to stay healthy. And I know I've said it for so many different teams, but I really do believe there are some teams that have the depth to deal with injuries to big players. I don't think the Angels are one of those teams. I feel like they need they need to keep going how they are right now, or else it's just not going to work out for them. Uh, I, I feel like the, the White Sox have already had their fair share of injuries, and they're working through them. Uh, the Blue Jays kind of the same way, so in terms of that, I, I think the Angels haven't had those injuries yet, and they just need to stay healthy, but that's a lot to ask uh, long term. Pretty, I mean, someone gets injured for every team at every point of the year at some point. So they just have to make it through it when they get there, and we'll see what happens when they reach those speed bumps. And then we have a surprise team in third place, I'm going to be quite honest. The Texas Rangers at 17 and 20, seven games back. Again, they have the same record as the Guardians, technically. I- I'm not, th- that's not too surprising to me. What is surprising is one of the teams behind them which is the Mariners, who are 17-22 and 22 on the season, eight games back. Uh, they are just—this team just has not been what it was advertised to be. They added so much on offense, and they're still middle of the pack in offense. And maybe their luck just ran out because that while they're 4-6 and six in their last 10, which is pretty much on pace with their whole season record, their run differential is minus 13—or minus 17. That's better than it was last year. Last year, I think they were minus 75 or something at the at the end of the year. Uh, and we were all talking about how they should have been much worse than they were, and then all of a sudden they were almost in... Well, they were in contention for sure. They almost made the playoffs after all that. Uh, But I just don't see... I think their luck ran out last year. They got better, but I don't know if how much better they got was enough to make them a playoff team when all the other teams got better too uh, for many different reasons and through many different alleys. Uh, So overall... I'm going to go ahead and say that the Mariners right now are not looking good for a playoff spot. Uh, If I had to predict playoff spots today, uh, the Mariners would not be one of them, and I wouldn't really have to think much about it. Uh, Then you have the A's at the bottom of this division, nine and a half games back at 16-24. and Not much to talk about with them. Very, very bad offensive team this year, and kind of in the middle in pitching. So it doesn't seem like that's, you you know, that's not a a formula you can sustain to win games with. Uh, is a medio is mediocre pitching and bad offense, but uh, you know that's kind of what we expected from the A's uh, at the beginning of the season, and it's still surprising some of the teams they're still playing better than, and you know they're only one game back of the Red Sox if you looked at overall standings. So I guess to an extent they may have even overachieved a little bit to start the season.
0: Yeah, I think the A's might be. Let me check this. The A's might be. You know they got a terrible situation. They with their hometown stadium, they're looking to move potentially. Yeah. Blah, blah blah. Yeah. They might be the only team with a losing record at home that doesn't have a losing record uh, on the road. Um, I will check that you out. You just
1: experience. pointed that out, but that's it's not even a losing record, it's an atrocious record. They're 6 and 14 at home. I mean, there are teams that we would say are bad on the road. Oh. The Orioles have are one game worse on the road than the A's are at I, I, home. I stand corrected. The Cubs are 6
0: and 13 at home and 9 and 9 on, on the road. That's and that's shocking. because
1: that's because they're bad at slugging percentage and as uh, as some of their broadcasters were noting when I've watched their games recently. Uh, well, first of all, it doesn't help that they played the Dodgers at home twice, I think, already. Or no, just once. But it doesn't help that the Dodgers swept them in that series. But it also doesn't help that they're a team that's not built to slug and not built to hit a lot of home runs and have a lot of power. And that stadium, when it gets windy and it blows in the right direction and it blows out, they need home run hitters and they just don't have them. And as a roster makeup, it just doesn't feel like a regular Wrigley Field roster makeup. You know, when you have Javi Baez and Anthony Rizzo... That really helps when the wind is blowing out. But with the guys they have on their roster right now, they're getting outslugged by everybody, and that's really their biggest problem at home. When you put them on even ground, they're actually probably better. I got to
0: sidetracked. We were in the American League West. I took us all the way to Chicago. We'll skip the the Cubs later. We'll skip the Cubs later. We'll uh, we'll skip them later. Are you done with the West? Yes. All right, well, then let's move over to the National League and start in the East.
1: Well, this is the second or third best team in baseball. Uh, by winning percentage, only behind the Dodgers, and as I mentioned before, the Yankees, who are currently the best. 26-14, uh, and 14, the Mets are. They've won two in a row. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. 13-8 and eight at home, 13-6 and six on the road. They had a nice walk-off win yesterday, but I don't think they care about their walk-off win uh, with the Pete Alonso home run with the news that Max Scherzer will be out six to eight weeks with an oblique issue. Uh, look, now you have Scherzer and Degrom out. It's it's ugly. It's looking very very bad right now for the Mets. Uh, they they are again they're twenty six and fourteen. That's ridiculous for how many guys. Well, I guess Scherzer was pitching uh, up until his the end of his last start. But if anybody has watched the video, he literally was in the middle of an inning and threw one bad slider with, on a two out pitch, and just motioned to the dugout and literally did the. Throat slash and said, "I'm done," and they got confused for a little bit. And for a minute, he just said, "I'm done. I can't pitch anymore." Until they finally came out with the trainer and got him and took him out of the game. And all of a sudden, now we know it's a six to eight week injury. So it's very obvious he knew what he was talking about. He was definitely done. He is injured, uh, and it's a bad injury. But still, when you're looking at when you're looking at the the Mets, I mean, they, they can sustain the Scherzer injury. I mean, sorry, they can sustain the Degrom injury when Scherzer is there. I don't know about having both of their aces out. That might be too much for them. Uh, The good news for them is that they're already 26-14, and and they've had a great start to the season. So I don't feel like it's going to be that much of a problem for them to continue uh, to lead this division. They have a seven-game lead over the second-place Phillies right now, uh, who have—I mean, this team, with all their offense, with all the offense in the world, they don't know how to score runs, which is surprising. Uh, But (laughs) um, they—look— the, the, Mets should, the Mets should be able to stay afloat in this division. Uh, maybe not for all the six to eight weeks, but I feel like for enough of it, that by the time that he comes back, and maybe even by the time that DeGrom is back, uh, they, they'll they be, you know, two, three games back, and it won't be that hard for them to push back into it. And by the way, I also wouldn't be surprised if not only did they stay afloat, but they kept their lead 100%, because it's not like the rest of their staff is bad. Tyler McGill has been good, and he's been the guy that's kind of slid into the rotation with a DeGrom injury. Carrasco's been better, and Tywon Walker's been really good too, but the only issue is that those guys also kind of have injury histories of their own too. Uh, But overall, the Mets have been good this season. It's very obvious by their record. Now moving on to the rest of of this division, none of these teams have been good this season. The Phillies had one good offensive weekend against the Dodgers, and since that weekend are averaging 1.75 runs per game. Uh, (laughs) Look... You can't say enough about this team. They scored three runs in a series against the Padres. They scored, and by the way, they scored all three of them in one game. So they had two shutouts, at bookending a series where they lost, where they lost two of three at home. They're ten and eleven at home. They're eight and nine on the road. They need to get better at home. I mean, they just the Phillies have a lot of issues right now. And Bryce Harper not being able to play right field for I think six weeks. They said with that injection that he's gotten is going to be a big problem because, let's face it, this team is already terrible defensively. Having Castellanos playing right field instead of Bryce Harper while still having Schwarber in left field is just a massive liability. Their defense is just kind of awful. Um, it, it's pretty easy to state, honestly. Uh, but, you know, Castellanos has looked better on defense this season, but he, to, for him to look better, he's still only approaching being an average defender. He's not going to be a plus defender this season, I wouldn't assume. Uh, but then you have the Marlins at 17-20, and 20, seven and a half games back. Look, I'm surprised they're above the Braves. I'm surprised they're half a game behind the Phillies, but you know what, Marlins, keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're, you're heading on the right track. You have prospects to bring up too, uh, but at least they're actually competing. It's not like the Orioles where they're not competing and they have a bunch of prospects. They have a Worcester prospects and they're already competing to a decent level. So I think they'll be good come next season for sure. Uh, and they built a strong roster. They built a strong foundation of a roster. But moving on to fourth place, the defending champion Braves are 17-21 and on the season, eight games back of the Mets. They've just had a lot of issues this year. They've been injured a lot. I mean, they you could make a lot of excuses for why this team has been bad, but honestly, there's not one major thing. It's not like the White Sox where you can just say injuries, and it's that simple, because they're the defending World Series champions without Ronald Acuna playing. So saying that Acuna was out for a little bit of the year or for, what, maybe half the season, half of the start of the season has been has been the thing that's making them this bad is just not, you can't say that because they won the world series without him. Uh, granted they lost Jorge Soler, they lost Jock Peterson and Eddie Rosario has been terrible. And then now isn't even playing anymore. But, uh, overall, Freddie
0: Freeman to the Dodgers.
1: Well, yeah, that too. But I think, you know, at least they got a replacement for him with Olsen. They didn't replace any of those other guys at all. He's kind um, of the
0: heart and soul of the team.
1: Yeah. But honestly, look at the numbers. Matt Olson has been playing just as well as Freddie Freeman has. by the way, Freddie Freeman last year, pretty much near the All-Star break, was hitting only like 180 at some point, and he just he just had a ridiculous second half of the season. Matt Olsen has had a much better start uh, than Freddie Freeman did last year, but that's not the point I'm trying to make here. What I'm trying to say is that the Braves really don't have that many excuses. It's just that their roster is not constructed with as much depth as their roster last year was, and it just feels like their bullpen and their pitching isn't holding up as much as it was supposed to and it feels like they're just kind of regressing to average everywhere other than most, some of their hitters. And I think that's their main problem right now. It's just that regression. And finally you have the nationals at 13 and 26, 12 and a half games back in this division, three and 10, three and seven in their last 10, I should say. Uh, they're just not a very good team. I mean, they have Juan Soto and Josh Bell and, uh, Nelson Cruz too, but that's about it.
0: Yeah. I think the Braves are the most disappointing team in baseball, um, with the white Sox in second place. But, uh, we, we don't need to dwell on that we'll see if they can turn it around uh, it's not like the teams you know in front of them are juggernauts besides the Mets if they're healthy all right let's move over to the central we've talked about the Cubs let's talk about the good teams
1: well the Brewers are 24 and 12 and 14 sorry at the top of this division uh five and five in their last 10 plus 27 run differential pretty good but not not exactly uh, up to par with some of the other division leaders when you look at you know the plus 46 of the Astros the plus 44 of the Mets uh, the plus seventy-two of the Yankees, or you know, the plus eighty-three of the Dodgers. But overall, they're a good team. They're pitching well. That's what they do. Uh, they have enough run. They have enough run support this year. It feels like their offense has gotten better. It definitely has. Uh, so overall, I'm looking. I feel like I'm looking at an improved Brewers team, and they were already really good last year. So nothing but good things to say about the Brewers. For the Cardinals, they're twenty and 18, four games back. Same record as the Blue Jays. I have the same read on this team as the Blue Jays. The only difference is I didn't have the expectations for them to be, you know, championship level. Uh, but they're still, they're going to figure it out eventually. And by the way, they have a plus 28 run differential. So theoretically, they should be a lot better than they currently are. Uh, four and six in their last 10. But, uh, you know, I think, they'll, I think they'll figure it out by the end of the season. Then you have the Pirates uh, at 16 and 21. Minus 71 run differential. I'm looking at it. And it is true, that is what I thought. They have the worst run differential in all of baseball, and somehow they're third place in their division. Uh, but this team isn't good. They're not gonna do anything. They're five and five in their last ten. Congrats. They were sixteen and twenty-one in the season. Congrats, you're better than the Cubs, but that's about all I can give you. As I mentioned, the Cubs sitting there at fifteen and twenty-two, uh, eight and a half games back, but I already talked about their issues, so I'll move on from them to the Cincinnati Reds, who as we know is the worst team are the worst team in baseball, eleven and twenty-six uh, on the season. They're 7-3 in their last 10, though, so uh, good for them. Uh, they have a better run differential than the Pirates, and that's about all I can say. They're just not a good team, and they're not going to do anything this season.
0: Well, we made a mockery of them for only winning four games and the pace they were going to be on. and You did. Yeah, it looks like they're going Stop gonna... throwing me in there. Yeah, well, I— was I said they were bad
1: because they were historically bad. You just uh, you just asked if they were going to win hundred, lose 120 games.
0: Yeah, I guess, that, you know, they might win 50 games this year. All right, let's move on to the West—
1: Yeah, this is where you have the opposite of that division, where instead of having the worst run differential in baseball in third place, you're the best run differential overall in first place. Uh, The Dodgers, top scoring team in baseball at 203 runs scored so far this season. Second best pitching staff in baseball with 120 runs allowed, only second to the Yankees at 115. Uh, They've won five in a row ever since the four-game losing streak they were on that spanned the last game of the Pirates series. To, three of the four, to losing three or four against the Phillies. They had a walk-off win against the Phillies, and then they just became the comeback kings. They had four comeback wins in a row after that, uh, leading up until their final game against Arizona, their final game of a four-game sweep uh, of Arizona, where actually that game might have been a comeback win too. Uh, but look, this team is just, they're just playing well. I mean, there's nothing else I can say about it. The Dodgers are just being the Dodgers that we expected them to. It looks like they're having a lot of fun with it this year, even though... Andrew Heaney's injured, Blake Trinan's out until the All-Star break, Dustin May hasn't come back yet, uh, and Clayton Kershaw is now in the IL too, so the, it's not like the Dodgers are fully healthy, they're just playing well with the pieces they have, uh, and it's not like their roster's in shambles, their roster probably is still the best in baseball, even with all the injuries, uh, maybe the pitching, the whole, you know, bringing up a minor leaguer for his debut every five days isn't so great, but they also have one of the best farm systems, so when the Dodgers bring up a prospect, they're not bringing up some nobody. They're bringing up probably a top 100 prospect in baseball most of the time, or at least somewhere around that area, or someone who might creep into that later this season. Uh, So overall, that team is good for a reason. 15 and five at home. They're always ridiculously good at home. And they're continuing that this year with the best home record in baseball, besides the Yankees at 14 and four, which I think by win percentage might be actually the same. Uh, Then, Finally, and second, you have the Padres, who are 24 and 12 or 14, uh, at one and a half games back of the Dodgers, six and four in their last ten. And you know what? Good for them. They're 14 and seven on the road. That might be the best record. I haven't checked. Uh, that might be the best road record in baseball. And overall, with all the injuries they have, even though it might just be one that people can think of, uh, which is obviously Fernando Tatis, they're they're doing well to stay to stay afloat without him. Uh, and they're lucky, honestly, in my opinion, to be above the third-place Giants at 22 and 15, uh, who are three games back of the Dodgers. Very balanced team, 11 and 7 at home, 11 and seven, 11 and 8 on the road, uh, plus 35 run differential, 7 and 3 in their last 10. But overall, the Giants and the in the Padres are going to be in a big battle all season. Maybe they'll contend with the Dodgers for the rest of the season. I mean, it, it looks like they're going to. They're both above. I mean, the Giants are at 595 in terms of winning percentage. And the Padres at 6:32, but we'll see. Maybe we'll see who comes out of second place uh, at the end of the weekend, and that's who we can deem as the be- as the better candidate for second, because these two teams are playing each other this weekend uh, in a three game series, uh, which starts obviously tonight. And then finally, at the bottom of the division, you have the Rockies at 18 and 19, seven games back, and the Diamondbacks at 19 and 21, seven and a half games back. Who, uh, despite well. They lost a lot of games to the Dodgers. That's what happened to the Diamondbacks. Uh, The Rockies, they regressed to what happens when they actually have an even amount or somewhat even amount of home games and road games. They're 13-9 at home. That's good. They're 5-10 on the road. That's bad. Uh, It's pretty much as simple as that. And look, they're taking advantage of the fact that they have a lot of guys. They finally added power to their team. This is, by the way, this is the Cubs' problem, that they don't have enough power to keep up with other teams in their own ballpark. The Rockies finally added power to keep up with teams in their own ballpark, but their pitching staff and their offense just does not hold up on the road at all. Uh, And that's the reason why they have kind of fallen off. They've allowed 208 runs this year. That's among the likes of the Reds at 212, the Nationals at 203, uh, and no one else is above 200 this year. So their pitching is pretty bad uh, after it had a really good start to the year. Uh, So that's been the main problem recently, and that's the reason why they're 2-8 in their last 10 but still better than the Diamondbacks. And, you know, they're not having a terrible season. They're still getting their fans to the stadium because at least they're competitive.
0: Okay, well, that wraps up our look at Major League Baseball and also wraps up this edition of the 4th and 24 podcast. Please join us for our next podcast, which will be on Monday, May 23rd, where we will see the accuracy of Patrick's weekend predictions and have that deeper look at the conference finals action in the NBA, given that, as Patrick mentioned, we decided not to talk about them tonight. In the meantime, please be sure to check out Patrick's additional content, including his weekend predictions. Those were posted on Thursday, his MLB power rankings that were posted on Tuesday, and his NBA power rankings that were posted on Wednesday. All of that content is on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number 4, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.